1: You're listening to Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum, uh great guest today. Ryan, good to see you. Uh you okay there? The uh I think you're going to have to hold uh, your microphone I'm today. Just gonna it's not hold quite it working. No, it's it's a little gravity's not on my side, but hi, how are you? Cause you got love, love, love loving your side. Hey guys, I hope you have a, uh, I had a great weekend. I was in uh, Vegas. Um, it was amazing. I was at the creation con, the supernatural con with Jensen and Jared. We took pictures together. It was so fun. My buddy's band loud and swing. All my buddies playing that band, uh, Billy Moran plays on all three albums that I've done of mine. It was just a great time. The fans are unbelievable. Um, love chatting with them I thought they weren't going to like us because we weren't supernatural mm-hmm. but they're sort of a crossover because they mm-hmm. aired after we did on Tuesday nights I believe and also Jensen was on Smallville for uh, I think like a season or two and uh, we worked together so we I took like 50 pictures with Jensen it was really funny um but it was it was great Vegas was fun uh, I was locked out of my Twitter account so hopefully it, you yeah know, yeah so I don't know what's going on there um I, I don't know how to get back in I don't I don't know I think it was hacked I think I, I don't know. I do not know what happened. They said you need to do be a two-factor verification, and I go, "Okay, I'll do that." And I did that, and after that, just locked. I don't. I don't know what happened. Oh, no. Something happened. Maybe it was for hack. Oh, I don't. I don't know. But I'm um, uh, Twitter. Help me. <laughs> Although Twitter kind of sucks. Anyway, you know, Instagram's like the thing. <laughs> well, you well now you're definitely not going to get in. Well, Twitter I help. I, I don't you think. Suck. They're, well, I mean, th- th- look, look how they're treating me. I'll, I'll say something nice if they fix it. But right now, I'm pissed. I'm all fine. Um, Tom Welling and I will be listening to this Dallas, Texas with creation with Jensen and Jared and the gang, uh, February 4th and 5th. We're doing a small nights on February 4th. Get your tickets now. It was awesome. You're going to, you're going to love it. We do a, an hour and a half show. There's prizes. There's, we read scripts. It's, it's a real blast. Um, and also please, uh, go to Spotify or Apple or wherever you get your, you get your um, music and our my new albums out sunspin the band is sunspin you could get it for free everywhere or you can go to itunes and and, and get the songs you could also go to shop uh oh, sorry sunspin.com and you could buy merch and cds keepsakes whatnot t-shirts t- support us and uh really appreciate that and also the inside of you online store if you want awesome inside of you merchandise and autograph lexmas scripts and uh, there's like k- ship keys autographed and script, just just tons of cool shit ryan Nice. But anyway, and of course, last but not least, and I'll get into it, patron, patreon.com slash inside of you for folks who want to support the podcast, you know, without you, I can't do this podcast period without the patrons supporting the podcast and giving back a little, it just would be impossible. So thank you all my lovable patrons. Uh, I, I send you boxes every couple of months and hopefully new people will listen and uh, join Patreon. patreon.com slash inside of you. Great guest today. You know, I knew this guy, Ryan. Mm hmm from he did this like it was like a sort of a star wars movie It wasn't a star wars movie but it was about going to break in lucas ranch it was like back in the it was was, uh, fanboys fanboys yeah Uh, yes. And my friend uh kyle um newman he directed it and this guy was in it dan fogler Mm -hmm. who was really funny yeah and dan fogler is kind of a guy that's known for his comedy like you watch him and you're like oh this guy's he's he's the funny guy Mm -hmm. you know Great at what he does. Yeah, and I stumbled upon this new show in the last six months on Paramount Plus. I believe it's called The Offer. It's the making of The Godfather, told in in, in a way uh, with actors about how it was made. Yeah. So it's uh, I I had to have him on the podcast. I I won't tell him how I got his email, but I <laughs> got it from a friend from a friend's friend, and I just said, dude, you were unbelievable in the show we kind of know each other through some people would you do the podcast and he finally did it and uh he was he played francis ford coppola and i'm telling you he was genius this, if you haven't seen this show, The Offer, you're in for a treat. Uh, it's just how hard it was to make movies, how hard it is to make movies. But this one in particular was uh, pretty crazy. Uh, anyway, I love this guy. He really opened up about his life, about what he wants, what he's doing, um, and about The Godfather and how hard it was to, 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 make, this, uh, to make that movie. And uh, without further ado, let's just do it. Let's get inside of Dan Fogler.
2: It's my point of view. You're listening to inside of you. Michael
1: Rosenbaum. Inside of you with Michael Rosenbaum was not recorded in front of a live studio audience.
3: <laughs> How you
1: doing? I'm good. I'm glad I'm good. You, you did doing? this, man. I'm glad you did this. You know, it's, I don't think, have we met? Because I think we have a lot of the same friends and I've always heard your name come up. You've always taken roles from me, but I've never actually met the
3: Dan Fogler. Is that true? Well, uh, it feels like we know each other forever.
1: It does. I already feel <laughs> warm. I feel warm.
3: <laughs> you feel warm inside. Yeah.
1: Does it, I do. I feel like I know you, so I'm just going to pretend like I do. Cheers. Cheers to you. My friend is, is that a mimosa?
3: I'll say, yeah, no, it's a, uh, it's sparkling water with orange juice. In I a, need a little, uh, citrus in there, you know,
1: in a wine
3: glass very fancy yeah that was all that was left in the in the (laughs) cupboard
1: (laughs) are you are you a fancy guy i don't i don't take you as fancy i don't think you like going to fancy restaurants
3: i mean i like to uh but i'm not like constantly like ooh, i gotta go to that fancy restaurant but i enjoy them i enjoy the finer things but i'm i'm pretty low maintenance
1: I'm use I'm normally the guy who like has a few places that I order from and I just keep going to those places. I don't like to get yeah. out of the house much. I have there's a couple of places if
3: I do go out, I'll go to. I'm just I got to get out of my box, man. I got to get out of it. Yeah, you're a creature of habit. Yeah, me too, man. I'm I'm the same way um I have my favorites and my go-tos and and I'm open to hear other people's suggestions, but uh I usually go to my same old same old, you know. It's just easy. You're just like they delivered. They're loyal. It was good. Get here on exactly.
1: That's, that's I 4,
3: think. Yeah. Yeah.
1: that's 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 good. Um, do you uh, do you have a lot of friends that you hang out with, or is it mostly
3: just you, the wifey, and the kids? Um, in London here, yeah, we have. Well, yeah, we have um, her family's out here, so we see them quite a bit. I have a couple friends that are live here, but I. I have friends that come in like vacation and and like coming for like a week or whatever and pop in and so that's cool. Um, yeah, where are you at, man? I'm in LA. I'm in LA. Are you filming something right now? I'm living here. I'm about to film something uh, in Rome, so it's it's more convenient to be here. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I'm living here, man. It's wow. it's crazy. Yeah, I've been living here since the lockdown because um i was shooting the third fantastic beast movie yeah and, and i and i had the family out here and we got a nice situation out here that joe that my wife inherited from her family so it's a nice house and and so i was literally like all mustached up ready to like go to go to my first shoot day and they were like they turned the car around i was like what's going on we're like uh well there you know we're we're going to shut down for a little bit. and, and, And then it was like months. So I was supposed to be there for six months and it turned into a year and a half. So during that time, my wife and I were just like, all right, the kids are in school here. And we didn't know what the hell was happening in America. We were just like, let's, let's figure out how to become residents here just in case. And, you know, I don't know if you got kids, but it's all about the kids, like their comfortability they're in school, they like it. So it's just like, all right, we'll we'll this checks this ticks off a uh this ticks off a lot of boxes right. for us. I, I never thought I'd be living here, but here Jesus. we are.
1: Do they do they like Fantastic Beats? It's a big production, big studio movies. Do they during the COVID, since they have you sort of on hold, do they have to keep paying you more and more as part of a policy? Or do they just say, No, you're getting paid the same, but you're just sort of on hold until we're ready?
3: <laughs> yeah i know it's like um they shut down production so that means that they they shut everything down so you don't get paid at all <laughs> i didn't say it
1: <laughs> That sounds like a real drag you know you say you lived in you live in london i don't know I, and you have a lot of english i don't have a lot of english friends um i i think that english people for the most part make me nervous um i do have english but it's just the way they speak and i just feel like oh my god i'm stupid i don't know what it is but it's just like yeah so we're going to meet at this restaurant and i'm like oh my god i'm nervous already oh this sounds like it's i have to wear i have to dress up i have to talk a certain way you don't feel that do you
3: no for me it's like i feel like they're they just are Part of the Empire, because I I grew up on Star Wars, so I just uh, assumed that that they're part of the dark side. No, uh, yeah, it was, um, when I first, when I was shooting the first movie, and I got here, and yeah, I felt like, I felt like Britain was... I just had it in my head like they they are superior, and I yeah, and it was yeah, and so like I like I wouldn't open my mouth. I would just be like I would point at things. I'd be like I want that, you know. <laughs> I, I, I was like ashamed of my, and then when I started talking, I you know it was like uh, I would just try to I would like put on an accent. I was uh, I would do like a Jason Stray from Connor.
1: he <laughs> <laughs> kind of sounded like Nick uh, Frost has been on the podcast. I love him. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: You just that's put good. It. <laughs> yeah, I would do like a fake accent, and that would I was able to get by like that for a while. I just want a ham sandwich. <laughs> <It's> so stupid.
2: <laughs> and you'd stay in it, you'd stay in that character. Yeah, I'd stay in it. You
3: know, those first couple months, <laughs> um, it was cool. You know, you you test out accents, yeah, but people would like. People would hear like, wait, that's not quite right. You yeah, know? Something's right. Where is yeah. he
1: from? What area is he from?
3: Hmm. Right. And then when they start asking you questions, you're just like, all right, mate, got to go.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Getting nervous. Uh, dude, I'm looking at your, your career and everything, and I've seen okay. some interviews with you. I mean, you've done so many different things. It's like, you know, obviously, uh, good luck, Chuck and fanboys and Fantastic Beast franchise. Take me home tonight, which I was just talking about. Uh, Walking Dead, and what really blew me away was because I've seen you all these things. I'm like, oh, he's so funny. He's always good. He always brings it. But I I emailed you or I messaged you because I saw you in the offer, and it it just blew me away. It blew me away. I was like, this because I don't. You don't get to be serious as much as you get to be kind of funny guy, right?
3: Yeah, yeah, exactly. But
1: boy, I mean, they gave me a chance. Well, they always say uh, comedy's harder, right. As an actor, so comedy's harder, serious is easier. I, I, I always felt like that too. Do you feel like that?
3: Yeah, absolutely. Because yeah, you don't have to uh, comedy is like math. You have to, you have to hit, it's like music. If you don't hit the right chords, if you don't hit the right tone, they're not going to laugh. And it's just like, it doesn't work, you know? So it's, it's a real art, but drama, you can just be, yeah. You know, if the word making anyone laugh, you just you just are. Um, and that could be funny too. You can find some dark hysterical moments in there, but I, it's a lot easier. And I like, like, I, I went to college, um, for acting, and so I did all sorts of dramatic stuff—Chekhov and yep. you know, Uncle Vanya and fucking Shakespeare and Mamet. So, like, I I knew I had all that stuff in my pocket from when I was in my twenties. And so everyone you know everyone's got their own course of how to get uh to where they're at in in um I've had a, a couple of moments where I was able to do some drama along the way. like I get to be more like even even if I'm in like The Walking Dead, for example, I'm still more of a jovial character right uh but i do I do get to do just a lot of dark, dark moments, yeah um Coppola, man he's he's a serious dude. And yeah, Jesus. So that was like, and he's he's obviously an iconic legend, alive. Um, it was a lo- it was big shoes to step into, and um and he and he can be kind of funny, you know, in, in some ways. So you met always, him? No, but I feel like um <laughs> I've funny. seen I've seen him, you know, he's eccentric, uh mm-hmm. and he's passionate, and you know, he <laughs> like there are moments in apocalypse now that are surreally hysterical. Um uh, heart and like hearts of darkness, you watch him in that, but he's in apocalypse now, and that moment is so surreal and hysterical where he's just all don't look at me, look, keep going, don't yeah. look at the oh, Yeah, fuck. yeah, I remember that. He's just like, you know, it takes it takes a a darkly comedic mind to you No, know, he he it that's an opera. Like the Godfather is an opera. He creates like Dracula's. Are, are these like operas and so you have to hit every note on the piano you have to hit every uh color on the palette like that's what he does so there is this there's a little comedy and everything and
1: this show is sponsored by better help i don't know how many times i have to talk about this but it's so important if you're sitting there right now and you're stressed or you're anxious or you have a lot on your mind and you just bottle it up and you don't know what to do. It's gonna come out and it's not gonna come out in great ways all the time. Um BetterHelp has helped me substantially. Ryan here has been using it for a while. And I, you know, don't you notice when you don't use BetterHelp when you don't have therapy? Oh, the weeks where I miss a session? Of course, yeah. Yeah, it's just it's 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 like the more you talk about something, even if you don't think you have anything to talk about, things come up and it puts your mind at ease. And we all carry around different stressors, you know, big and small. And at times, we keep carrying them around rather than processing them and letting them go. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and
3: figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down.
1: Therapy from BetterHelp is helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma, it's for all of us. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. I think people think, "Oh, what if I don't like my therapist?" If you don't, you switch them. It's that easy. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com/inside today. To get 10% off your first month, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash inside. Inside of You is brought to you by Rocket Money. I love Rocket Money. You know why? Because everyone should have Rocket Money because it just helps you save money. How many times do we have subscriptions that we don't even know we have anymore and we're paying so much money? It's just throwing away money, Ryan. I, I found one. You And you did it. You told <laughs> I me I got found- Rocket Money. <laughs>
3: Like I, I found one. It, I'm embarrassed to say how long it's been going on, but thank you
1: for finding it. <laughs> My God, it was embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, because it's like you want to watch some show and you go, I have to subscribe to this uh, this streaming dev- uh, whatever. Mm-hmm. And you, you start streaming the show, you watch it, you leave, and you forget after this trial period it kicks in and it's they're terrible. charging you 10 bucks a month. It's, it is embarrassing. Ugh. You know, 75% of people have subscriptions they've forgotten about.
3: All you have to do is submit a picture of your bill, and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. They'll deal with the customer service for you. And I like that.
1: Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to RocketMoney.com/inside. That's RocketMoney.com/inside. RocketMoney.com/inside. You guys, if you haven't seen the offer, it's the Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus. The Offer. I, I don't tell you to watch a lot of things. This is a great series. If you've never heard of it, it's sort of like how the Godfather movie came to be, how it was made, and all the difficulties, the adversity they faced, which I had no idea the shit that this movie almost went down, went under so many times. And the stories are so fascinating that you're like, this can't be true. And then you start looking shit up after you're watching. And you're like, wow, this is true. This happened.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Life is even stranger than fiction. Um, yeah, and the show had did kind of um squeeze in a couple a couple years of history there. Um, but there was there's I'd say about, you know, eighty-five percent of that show is are real things that happened and real um like every day was a battle just to make the movie. Yeah. Uh like like first um like Coppola, first Coppola didn't want to make it. He was just like, I don't know, I don't like how it makes Italians look. And and then like the legend is, is that uh, George Lucas was just like, dude, they're gonna they're gonna shut this place down. They're gonna shut, They're gonna lock the doors of American Zoetrope. You gotta do this movie. So it's just like he was like, okay. And and then um in meeting Mario Puzo, he just um found this kindred spirit who was just like this you know other because um he's a basically a writing genius coppola is a was a writing genius in his own right he wrote Patton, won the academy award for that and so he really hit it off with with mario and and um and f- from them they really pared down the gold from that novel uh and those are some of my favorite scenes
1: oh yeah Patrick. when you're with puzo, puzo and just yeah. sitting there and have a sand with a sandwich thing and the yeah, it's just it's it's hilarious, and you're like, how are they going to do this? How are they going to get yeah. anything
3: done? See, it's funny. There's there's funny moments. It's, Absolutely. It's like, yeah, they're uh, the two of them. The two of them are a great odd couple in a lot of ways. Yeah, Puzo is just like <laughs> it's you know sloppy and. Coppola's is just like stay on stay on <laughs> target and, yeah uh, the
1: other genius in that i think everybody's performance in that movie was or in that show in the series was fantastic it's
3: the offer mm-hmm. uh,
1: brilliant i'm not just saying this it's it's a brilliant show i couldn't stop watching i could not go to sleep i had to watch it. and the guy
3: who plays mm-hmm. robert evans what's his name matthew good is like a time machine i call him the time machine he's
1: robert evans yeah, he's yeah. fucking robert evans i saw the robert evans documentary the kid stays in the picture i've heard him yeah. talk i've heard He is Robert Evans. It's unbelievable how he nailed that. And he's a British guy. It's crazy. Oh, my God. I was.
3: was, Yeah, I call him the time machine because out of like, I love working with everybody. Miles, Juno, like, like Byrne, Gorman, like everybody was so fun to work with. Um, But Matthew was Bob Evans. And and there were moments where I would be sitting there and I'd have like, from my point of view, I have the Coppola glasses on, you know. And I'm looking down at Coppola's thoughts in his gigantic, you know, notebook that he had that broke down every inch of the the Godfather script. So I literally would just be like holding authentic thoughts of Coppola in my hand. And then in my periphery, there would be Matthew just as Bob. And I would feel the Paramount, the Paramount logo like on the wall. And I would have out-of-body experiences. I would like I would have these moments where I was like, oh, my God, what's my what's my line? I I would just be like, whoa, am I am, am I here right now? Yeah. Like, wow. I felt like I was I felt like I was in the office with Bob Evans. And it was just that's insane. It was it was a, it wasn't like I jumped into Coppola's body or something like <laughs> I would. It, it was very surreal. And it happened a lot when Matthew was wild.
1: Did you ever do your Al Pacino on set?
3: Oh, yeah. <laughs> Anthony <laughs> Alito, who played Pacino, who did a great job. Yeah, it was great. And he was just kind of playing young young Al Pacino, and uh, which he, I thought he like nailed it. And everybody was I, I I do more of an older you know Al Pacino like whatever like everyone had a had a Pacino on set, and so it was it was crazy. It was like dueling Pacinos anytime Anthony was on set, and he was a good sport. Uh, thank God, you know, but. Yeah, that's fun, man. Come on, it's that's like, just
1: brilliant. Did you get the offer, or did you have to, no pun intended? But did you have to, or did you have to audition repeatedly? They wanted to see what you could do. Was it a tough get?
3: I auditioned. I made a tape. So what happened was my my reps emailed me, and they were like, "We want you to they they want you to audition for for Coppola," and I was like, "Okay, great." And then I got the email with the sides, and the header said Coppola, but it was Puzo sides. And I was like, oh, I thought it was for Coppola. And they were like, no, they want you to audition for Puzo. And I was like, can I also audition for Coppola? And they were like, okay. So, so right away, like if I hadn't said that, who knows what would have happened? Wow. So I, so I sent in an audition for Coppola and for Puzo. So, um, first I did Coppola and I put my hair to the side and I had the beard and I put the glasses on. And I was like, "Holy shit, I look like him!" You know, I was like, <laughs> I, "I didn't like really yeah. put that together." But then I was like, "Okay, this is this is not so hard to look like him." And, and then, um, and then I, when I do my auditions on tape, I, I, I also, I tape the lines of the of the reader, so and I play them back. So I'm basically reading with myself. And um, so I was reading, I was, I was Pacino. We did this scene where. Um, Coppola and Pacino are in are in uh, the restaurant bathroom, and he's talking about getting the gun behind the you know behind the 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 pull uh, chain for the tank, you know, yeah, in, in yep. the bathroom there. And that famous scene. And so I'm auditioning with that scene as Coppola, but also playing Pacino off camera. So I was like, okay, that's that's pretty awesome. Like, not that I would ever play Pacino, but I was like, they they you know. And then I shaved. And I put my hair, you know, back and I put other different glasses on. And then I was I did Puzo and I did the scene where Puzo goes into Chasen's and he meets Frank Sinatra, that crazy yeah. scene where he, they ends up insulting each other. And they like, he like goes to stab him with a fork. Yeah. So I read so I read Puzo and then I also I also read Frank Sinatra <laughs> and I sent all that in. and I was just like, whether I get this or not. I just read for four different roles, you know, (laughs) for this freaking thing. And I sent it in and then I got, they got, I got Coppola. How
1: did you, how did you, uh, I mean, did you memorize all, you memorize all your lines? Are you a good auditioner?
3: I, I, uh, I go to, i have for auditions because they just happen quickly like that. And you got to be off book. Um, I got a couple different methods. I have the lines in my ear sometimes. Um, how do you do that? How do you do the lines in your ear? You oh you you take like you have your your thing like this or you preferably uh, one that's like uh, black or something right so it blends in and you put it over your ear like that you stick it in there and you flip it behind there and you just it's you just get everything I just record all my lines and I can just hear my line in my ear and just say it and just and but but that's hard because you usually have to have a reader so you have to wait for their timing. It's a it's a whole mind fuck. So I stopped doing that. Um, and uh, nowadays, I just do the Brando thing and I just have my sides taped off camera. So you never really memorize your lines. Now nah, you got to pay me for that, man.
1: Dude, I holy <laughs> shit, man. I'm going to start doing that.
3: Yeah, I'm not yeah. kidding.
1: Because that's how I feel. I'm like, I don't want to learn six pages of dialogue to,
3: to, for oh, them to impossible. say
1: no. I don't have the time. Who has the time? Who has a
3: full? We used to
1: have the time, Dan.
3: <laughs> no, I never had. I was terrible at it. That's why I became a good improviser because I always go up on my line and I got to fill in the g- gaps. And that's that's you know sometimes that makes it into the movie and sometimes it doesn't, it, depending on if the director, writer, whatever, like like, um, can you get my line exactly correctly with all the <laughs> punctuation? Jesus. you know, you never know who you're going to be dealing with there.
1: But do you usually um, know your lines when you're on set? Most the most part?
3: Yeah, I try to be very (laughs) off book, but I know just just I'm human that at some point I'm gonna mess up my lines. And I don't like to mess up my lines. I don't like to to stop the whole production. I like to because I'm from theater. I like to keep the ball in the air. So if I fuck up my line, I will continue with something else, stay in camera character until someone else feeds me my line or I remember or whatever. But I don't ever stop the scene I just keep on going until they say cut are you
1: um when you look back when you started in theater and all that
3: stuff when you're
1: sitting here at your age what are you 46 45 44 when is it yeah keep going down <laughs> 44 I'm 40, 40, 40 uh sold sold to the man with the beard uh did, are you this is a weird question are you where you thought you'd be are you a lot further along than you thought you'd be or are you expecting to be way bigger of an actor? What was in your mind?
3: What kind of ego? What kind of, if you look back? I think I got exactly what I wanted. Like, I always wanted, uh, well, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I, got a lot. I got a lot. What's crazy is that I was in college, they were like, you're not going to work until you're 38 because you're a character actor. And I was like, holy shit. I was like, I'm, and and basically they were they were right. Like, I didn't really like fit into my body like really own my my character until around that time but i was like fuck you i want to work earlier than that
1: <laughs> i would hope and, yeah i gotta make some money yeah, here
3: so it, it put a fire in my uh, in my belly to just like prove them wrong and i did i started working in in like by like 28 you know which was 10 years earlier than they predicted and then um but i i've had certain lulls in my career where I was like, oh, that didn't go well. That didn't go as planned. And I've had to, you know, life happens. And then I've had to, I've had a couple of miracles. Like I, I've had to wish on stars for opportunities that have happened like Fantastic Beasts um, that came out of the blue, which I was like, whoa, like I in, in my head, I was just like, where the fuck did this audition come from? I thought that I would have to get this role down here and prove myself in this next role here in order to be even anywhere near contention to be in that room for that audition. But for some reason I was suddenly in that room, maybe because they were looking for a certain type or whatever, but they fucking looked at everybody. I auditioned and then they were like, okay, great. Great. And then they'd audition everybody uh, uh, from here to the moon. And then they come back to me a couple months later. So it was just like, I've had these moments that where miracles happened where like I was on Broadway for the first time in the, in spelling bee. This was my big break. I got a fucking Tony award yeah. the first time I'm on Broadway. If I didn't think that was going to happen, that was a miracle to me. I was like, okay, miracles are possible. You are, you do get these moments where the universe conspires in your favor and just gives you a leg up because when I won the Tony award, that's when movie offers started happening. So you get these opportunities and the offer was kind of the same thing. Like the offer, like I, I thought that, okay, I've been doing good work and, and fantastic beast. I'm, I'm doing some serious stuff, but, but I, I would think that I would have to play And my thinking is like, Okay, I would have to play Belushi. I would have to play Sam Kinnison. I would have to play something like that first, do well in order to improve myself, in order to be even be in contention to audition for Coppola.
1: But, you know, I, I feel like the same person. I, I never thought they would consider me really for Lex Luthor. I never, I ne- in a million years, my friends would all say, dude, you're a fucking idiot. How are you playing a mastermind? Like, I, I don't know. Like, Dude, you, I mean, come on. You're <laughs> like, you're a wiener. You're not going to. And, and I, I, I couldn't see it. And if a lot of times you hear this by these coaches, you know, that are like, if right, you right.
3: can't see it, nobody else can see it. It's a mind game. It is. You got to believe it and then it can, ha- and then you can will it to happen.
1: But even when it happens, you're saying you're like, how the fuck did this happen?
3: Yeah. I mean, well, 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 yeah, because there is a kind of moment there where, especially with something like Coppola, where it's just like, okay, I, I got to prove to a lot of people <laughs> that I can do this. I got to prove it to myself. I got to do it. So mm-hmm. first couple of days on set or a little, you know, uh, stressful but you do scenes and you read the 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 room you know and dexter fletcher who was the director was like a fucking hypnotist like he was just like this incredible cheerleader where like from the moment, like I was in costume and he was like, you're him, mate. It's him. You're doing it, mate. You are Copeland. You're just him. You know, just be like, okay, I'm him. I, I you're right. You know? And, and he was just like, had this amazing talent to him. just instill confidence. So very early on in, and then I was like, I trusted it. I was like, okay, I don't got to see playback. I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. And because when, I think when you're dealing with something so like, so so much Big. so much importance yeah. in in our business, you know. Like that, some someone like Coppola. I think you have to just like let it go and just play, and it's gonna or, or be you'll what kill gonna
1: yourself. Be. I mean, you'll like, yeah. beat yourself down. And also, like having someone like this director. Imagine if you had some director who was just like an asshole or wasn't really present. Or like, all right, let's do another one. Let's do it again. All right, great. Right. Let's it on that you didn't trust. Then you're going to spend the whole feature going, I'm going to be laughed Uh, at. Do I suck? uh, What's going on? You need, we need as actors, we need some assurance. We need some, uh, some trust to know that we're on the right path. We're doing the right thing. If we don't get that and we just very few have the confidence to just trust herself and no one else. You need someone else to kind of guide you a little bit. Don't you?
3: Yeah. You need a good, you need a, that's why you want you, you want an actor's director, Dexter, it's been acting since he's a kid. Like if you're in a comedy or something and the, and the director's a little wonky or they're like a new director, you can at least say, Hey, can I see some playback? You know, can I see the dailies? They're more, they're more open to that. So, so you can at least gauge your performance, you know? Um, And in the moment, like, especially it's, it's, but, but, but with like a drama, there's not a lot of looking at playback you know there's not a lot of hovering around you know the yeah you don't have time screen. no time really right oh well there, there's time but it's uh, it's not it's a different kind of animal it's like because the in comedies it's like you're look you're it's it's you get this little audience and you're standing around the you know the director's tent and see what's funny you see what's working you can see like you're watching the playback and it's like it's a group effort you're like yeah yeah that worked okay let's go back and do another but it, it's i don't know if it's the same it's like it's almost too pretentious if it's drama yeah something. it's
1: like you can't really have that audience to go oh yeah no, that was really good it's yeah, just yeah. different like i remember i did this movie with steve martin and steve would go to the to, to the playback every, monitors every take. Every right. take, and he go, yeah. "Oh, I can go bigger there. I can go bigger." And I was like, "Oh, wow! Look, I was learning from him." That oh, he was looking at this What movie? Uh, I was not. It was called Bringing Down the House. I wore a horrible wig, and I just wanted to work with Steve Martin, and he was lovely.
3: <laughs> but um, who doesn't want to work with him, man? Yeah, love Steve. Uh, yeah. He's the
1: best. I mean, the first day he comes on set and goes,
2: "Tell me about
1: this Smallville," and uh, <laughs> we hit it off. And I'd be at lunch and go, you mind if I sit here with you?" And I go, yeah, Steve, sit down. We hung out in his trailer. He played the the it, the, banjo. banjo. He signed my jerk poster, which is somewhere in this house. Um, he was awesome, man. He was yeah. uh, he was delight. Um, that's you, good. You, you talked about lulls, like you know, you had those lulls. You're like, oh, what's happening? This didn't work. I didn't do well. Do you do Do you get anxiety? Do you get depression? Do you have things that you do for it? Uh, do you go to therapy? What is it that you? How do you deal with things? How do you deal with life? Rejection.
3: It, it helps <laughs> it, it helps to create a philosophy for yourself where it's just like do or die, where you're just like, okay, whether, like when I set out to be an actor, I was like, I don't care if I make a penny at this. I'm going to be doing this till I'm 99 years old on the side of a road with a hat just being like, hello, my baby. You know, like, like doing like a whole like tap dancing for people and like, you know, i really
1: I really that's true like if you were making yeah, no money really. you wouldn't have quit eventually you would have get gi- you wouldn't have no. given up you would have kept doing uh a
3: repertory theater whatever it was till i died wow. i would have just kept wow. acting yeah because um i don't know man i just like it was it's my jam like, I, it's like like if i like i don't know like if i couldn't act i would be doing some other right brain thing <laughs> You know, like th- that doesn't make money, <laughs> like sculpting on the side of the road. You are a sculptor. A... You're
1: a sculptor.
3: Yeah. But like, you know, if it's, you know, it's a hobby, but
1: um wait, if I offered you $50 million cash, 50 yes. million. And I said, you can never act again.
3: Oh, it's kind of sad. Here's 50 million. You can never act again. No, never act again. Holy crap. I'd have to talk to my wife for, for that. 50, <laughs> <laughs> take, take it. Honey. We can
1: act in front of each other. Nope. Can't even act in front of each other. You can't even hard.
3: pretend to like things. Wow. <laughs> 50 million. It's a lot of money. I don't know, man. I feel like I would still like sneak away and make <laughs> <laughs> like indie films, like secret films. To feed the beast in oh my belly. My God. Yeah. I, I don't that's know that's amazing
1: No, that's amazing that you even ponder that because if somebody said i'll give you five i'd be like fuck yeah five million i'm done let's move on to i'll, I'll direct i'll uh, <laughs> yeah. i'll do whatever i'll travel
3: to, i don't know i still got something to prove like like if i had done like if i had gotten to this point and you offered me the same thing and i'd be like oh yeah I, i've done all my favorite roles and all the things i wanted to do and you know, that I would say like, yeah, I guess I could step away from from acting. And that would be a kind of like a rock and roll kind of thing and just, live a, you know, uh, but I haven't. I haven't. But done wait, anything. you
1: just said I, I have to I still have to prove. Do you have to prove to yourself or do you have to prove to everyone else? Be honest, because a lot of it's like, I want to show you that I'm a fucking brilliant actor. Or is it, do you want to just prove to yourself, too, that you're capable of doing that?
3: I know I'm capable of doing it. I, I know, I know, like, cause like I said, like in, in college, like I did the full spectrum of like, I, I had like a, a really good idea of what my abilities were in college as what I would call um, a sad clown, the kind of actor that can make you cry in one sentence and make you sad and it, it make you happy in the next sentence. Um, and that's what I always wanted to be watching uh, actors like Robin Williams, who I love and uh, may he rest in peace. And like I, I was like, not that I'm anywhere near the quickness of Robin or his talent, but I was I str- I would strive to be like him. And um, I knew in college that I like I was like, oh, I, I can make people laugh and I can make people cry. And I've been given chances to do that in certain roles over the years. But I haven't there's certain roles that I've always wanted to play, and there are certain roles that like I haven't been, I haven't stretched my I haven't stretched all the muscles that I stretched in college you know, for yeah, this audience yet that I have their attention, you know and I, and so I want them to see the full spectrum. and then um, you can judge my career or my abilities on that. And then I'll take you fifty million.
1: (laughs) I knew you were going to say that. (laughs) And I'll take you fifty million. All right, fair (laughs) enough. But let's go back. Let's rewind about eight minutes back to the lull. We didn't finish that thought because I I went off on a tangent because I I wanted to ask you some things. But the lull. The what do you do? What kind of things do you do for the lull? Because now you have kids, you have uh, a wife, you can't just all of a sudden you get really depressed and sad, and you know you got a family to take (laughs) care of. But like we do, unintentionally, it's just human nature. But you know, are your lows low? Do you get anxiety?
3: What do you, how do you deal with it? I can't turn off the creative, um, you know, meter that's constantly going in my head. So I'm constantly writing. When I have a lull and I'm not getting any work, I will direct, I will write something for myself and I'll direct the movie. I'll, and I'll, I'll just put out an independent film where I, that I, it's like a vehicle for me. Like I'll just, I don't know. I just have to, I feel like I just have to keep the momentum going. Um, I am constantly, because I have kids and a wife, it's a huge <laughs> motivating factor to be like, okay, I cannot sit around. I have to, I have to, you know, hustle. I'm constantly hustling. I'm hustling even when things are good. Like I'm constantly trying to figure out what the next gig is uh, creating gigs for myself, creating like new new pathways to to make money. Yeah, um, with these abilities, like it's nonstop, and it helps when there's nothing going on. It keeps you focused. Work begets work. Um, gives you confidence. You know, you're just like okay, like I can I can still do what I love, and and keep the, you know, keep my passion going and, and keep myself satisfied, you know? Um And there's a lot of fucking, uh, like, I know that there there, there was like those times during those lulls when nothing's going on, when people you're the closest people that you have to you who have supported you all the way up until that point are suddenly like, yeah maybe it's time to you know throw in the hat you know and and when, when you're just like what are you kidding like we got this far now you think like it's over like to pr- use that and prove them wrong um huge motivating things you know it's just like um and then there is, there's like a luck factor. There's like a wishing on, I, I, I wished on a star. Like whenever, <laughs> whenever there were lulls um, before I, ha- I have a tradition before uh, New Year's, especially during these times, um, I would make a wish uh, for some kind of guidance, some kind of, you know, miracle to happen. And um, and it, ha- it it was answered every single time and we can we can go into that whole thing manifesting things and intention manifesting you know things that you want in your life um i i believe it's real that you can you can do these things yeah. because i'm i'm living it
1: Like the secret, or the Celestine prophecy, or like wanting something so bad and and having this vision of it and really believing it and imagining yourself being there and that you belong and that I, I believe a lot of that too. I really do. I, I think again, it comes down to you've got to really believe it. You can't just be like, "I'm going to be a star, huh? I'm gonna I'm gonna do. I'm gonna make millions of dollars." You got to really, well, yeah. really believe it and also be motivated. To do whatever it takes. You
3: gotta. You have to feel it in your heart to the point where you're. You believe it's already happening. And guess who's really good at that? Actors. Yeah, actors are really good at believing stuff, making making themselves believe situations. Make so the, the art of manifesting stuff is the universe doesn't understand want and need. It understands the vibration of the emotion. So if you're like, if you're vibrating at that frequency of, yeah, I am so happy that this stuff is already happening, then the universe says, yes, let's continue with that feeling. Yeah. That's it. You have to just vibrate at the same frequency as what you want. If you vibrate with worry and need, then you'll get that. Interesting. Drinking your
1: mimosa. This is uh, very insightful. As you're listening, um, I forget I'm I'm even interviewing you. I kind of start like, yeah, it's it's just this a conversation. This is like, interesting. I like this. You weren't expecting that, were you? I wasn't expecting to not actually be interviewing, but being really in it. (laughs) In it to win it. Um, (laughs) You know, I got to ask you this because she was a good friend of mine, Carrie Fisher. And you, you got to work with her in Fanboys. Love her. She was... She was, she used to get mad at me because I said, God, you're like my grandma. And she's like, What well, fuck you. And I go, fuck no, you. no, no, no. I mean, like your house is always open. You're like, hey, stop by in between auditions, have a sandwich in the fridge, go wow. and do whatever. I don't have to be home. I stayed at her house for four months in one of her bungalows because I was going through a rough time. And uh, I, it, was, it was just in, insane. She's so giving, so wonderful. And it was a real loss. It was a real loss. But what was your experience? I don't
3: know how long you got to work with her, but what was it like for you? she was on set for a day wow. she was the nurse in that scene um and i just you know it was a sad, it was a sad scene where she cuz our friend um uh chris marquette linus he's dying and he's not feeling well and she's like supposed to come out and just be like he's he can see you now you know right. <laughs> and i'm just sitting there just like like staring at her. Oh, my God. It's Mrs. <laughs> right. Right. I'm supposed to be sad. <laughs> and I couldn't get the fucking smile off my face. She is a trip, dude. She. Um, <laughs> this is how I always, always remember her. We're, <laughs> we're all we all came back from a break and we're sitting around in the waiting room where she's supposed to come in and tell us to come and meet with Linus and we're like we're waiting on Carrie and we're like okay yeah where's Carrie and she's just all I'm here <laughs> and we look down and she's just like took her break on the floor just like <laughs> lying on the floor <laughs> eating eating fruit loops off of her chest that's her on the floor and she's
0: like hey guys <laughs> I'm just like,
3: what? you know and it's Jesus. so relaxed and just like, you know, she's been living on sets her whole life, and I, there was just like this, I don't know, I just, we just had so much reverence for her. And then, of course, I was so jealous that Marquette got to kiss her, you know? I was just like, oh. motherfucker.
1: Ugh, That's amazing. You know, you know uh, she did an episode of Smallville, and oh yeah, uh, they were looking for her, too. They were looking for Carrie. And they found her in the you know those giant air conditioning vents that they put on set the little like worm like things that are really big that blow cold air into the she oh, was totally. she was in one cooling off
3: <laughs> yeah she was living in there yeah she likes to, she likes to get into a little nook oh may she sure rest in peace yeah man so honored that I got to meet her got to meet Billy D on on uh, oh, fanboys yeah, yeah um got to meet. Some a lot of my favorite people. Like I I love Star Wars. Like that oh, was me that's, too. That's, we can talk thing. about
1: that a whole a whole episode. We could talk about Star Wars. You know, it's funny, care I've talked about this, but she gave me her Force Awakens chair. Oh. Carrie Fisher for, uh yeah. Was How did you become such good friends with her? What, what you was know, the deal? My, I had an assistant at the time, and she called her assistant called my assistant and said, hey, this is Carrie Fisher's assistant, and Carrie's daughter is a big fan of Smallville, and Carrie wants to know if you could send her an autograph. And I go, uh, could she send me a Return of the Jedi autograph when she's almost naked with Jabba the Hutt? And so I still <laughs> have the picture. It says, blow me, Carrie. And we became friends, and she'd invite me to her parties. We actually threw a party together together. Wow. Um, and, uh, I just started hanging out with her and going, I, I, again, I've always had this feeling. My, my listeners know that I never really felt like I belong when I'm around big celebrities and things, but I'd go to this, these gatherings and it'd be Carrie Fisher, uh, Harrison Ford, uh, you know, uh, Robert Downey Jr. Um, uh, all, uh Nicole Kidman and like, you know, 15 people hanging at her house all the time, like Meryl Streep and like, Michael, get in here, say hello. I'm like, Hey, Meryl Streep. <laughs> hey george lucas hey she didn't give a fuck she was like this is my friend this is michael i don't care how big stars you are he's welcome and she always made you feel like that and we just hit it off she knew i came from a dysfunctional family and obviously she did too (laughs) and uh you know debbie reynolds lived in in front of her in the little her little house that on the same property right so we'd go down and visit debbie who was watching qvc till three in the morning and she'd have all these pictures of like all these big stars saying to debbie i love you and it's frank sinatra and just crazy shit man so that's how we became friends
3: um postcards postcards from the edge postcards from the
1: edge man that movie still makes me cry when gene hackman says you have everything people love you and she goes but i
2: don't feel it and i go oh man
1: that sucks. Yeah. But yeah, I could understand that. Uh uh, we're almost done here. Uh, you're a big horror fan. Yeah, I dig horror. Yeah. I love horror. I, I saw that you're a horror fan. I don't know. You published a graphic novel, horror anthology, Moon Lake, a collection of it. stories, chronicles, the past, present, and future of the most haunted town on earth, Moon Lake. I, I gotta check this out.
3: Yeah, I'll send you some uh I'll send it to you if you want. Yeah. Yeah, we're making an animated show out of that. Um, that is my homage to Twilight Zone and Tales from the Crypt and Heavy Metal, the movie. Um, yeah, I like, I like, I, I dig horror, like, I like my, my horror is, um, like, love Jaws, yeah, love Shining, yeah. um, love. Like Cujo. I would like just watched Steve- Cujo
1: last week again. Idiot? I have a horror movie group and we watched Cujo and it still holds up. Oh and I, I loved that- it so much. I emailed D Wallace from Ooh. the mother from you know and Cujo and ET and done tons of shit. And I go, We want to be in the podcast. She goes, sure. So she's coming yeah. over to the house. I'm stoked. I'm like a nerd oh, like
3: that's that. Oh cool, man. Yeah, that movie scared the shit out of me because I had we had stray stray dogs in my neighborhood, and I was like, any one of those dogs could be a Cujo. <laughs> You know,
1: we named our dog Kujo. Uh, it was a poodle when we were kids little
3: little dog <laughs> Cujo. Yep, little. uh yeah man like those are those are my jam like the recent ones
1: not many good where, ones
3: not many good ones yeah i'm uh, i'm like they're scary as hell like this like like there's some the paranormal ones like the circle there's they're kind of they but they freak me out and in, in a way that it i don't know it's different it's, it's it is different like, it's raw yeah you know what messed me up as a kid? You remember the howling? Oh, yeah. Remember the, uh, the werewolf transformation? Yes. And that? Terrifying.
1: I think it was better, almost better than the American werewolf in London transformation. That one, too, is messed They're up. They're both messed up. Because the, was... the pain of it. It's got <laughs> Yeah, it was so freaky, man. There's some movies that just stick with you. There's moments in time like, yeah. Um, yeah. "All right, look, this is called shit talking with shit talking with Dan Fogler." Okay, Fogler, I said it right. Yeah, good job. <laughs> uh, these are from <laughs> these are from my patrons. Uh, they, they get to ask questions. Join Patreon, Patreon.com/slash/inside. Uh, you the, they they really help the show more than they know. Here we go. Tom oh. N. Does Dan still crank up Def Leppard when their songs come on?
3: Yeah, I can't play ping pong without listening to Def Leppard. Dude, I love Def Leppard. Dude,
1: so many fun actors in in, in Balls of Fury.
3: Oh, I, oh my yes, god! So are. many
1: fun actors. Holy shit!
3: Including Christopher Walken, who is like my one of my favorites. Let's do dual Walkings.
1: So, Dan, how long have you have you been an actor?
3: Well, let me tell you something. I've been an actor since I was born. I came out of my mother's vagina, and I was holding <laughs> the umbilical, and I was using it as a microphone, strumming it like <laughs> a bass, and everyone was clapping.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I have $50 million. Dan, quit acting. I'll give you $50 million. Would you do I it? Still have,
3: I still have so many more roles <laughs> that I want to do, including... The Chris Walken story. Have you ever been called Dan Fogelberg? Incessantly. Can... Fogelberg, Folgers, Folgers Crystals. Happen Fogler. I don't know what's so hard about Fogler. It's easy. Do I even sound like do I even sound like him? I just kinda do. sound like him. You do.
1: It's great. Um Matty S i gotta stop it. any fun memories from take me home tonight that you'd still like to, that you'd like to share
3: yes <laughs> yeah um i love that movie i had so much fun on that movie that movie was just a constant party i loved um I, they used every single scarface impression <laughs> they use it's all sprinkled out throughout the whole movie <laughs> amazing um yeah and um that scene in the bathroom with Angie Everhart uh, was with the, the the future man in the leather outfit. Do you know who that is? That that is a his his last name is Frankenstein. That guy was related to Doctor. <laughs> no. Yeah, it was part of his lineage. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Oh my god. That was the most surreal moment of my life. With her smacking me, bruises up at down my ribs, she's riding me and smacking me, <laughs> and he's off on Frankenstein in his leather outfit. Ooh. <laughs> did you tell her to really hit you, or you're like, no? I did not tell her to really hit me, but, you know, what, are you going to argue with her? <laughs> uh, she really beat the shit out of me. But uh, the reactions were wonderful. Danny, spinning gold looks like a great film for those of
1: us that love the music of the seventies. Oh. What is Dan's favorite song on the soundtrack?
3: Oh yeah, yeah. I love all the George Clinton stuff, uh, Parliament Funkadelic. We go there. We we do we we do a little Kiss. You know, he discovers Kiss, Casablanca Records. Um. So and yeah, I mean, like if you're a music lover, there's all that disco diana ross um uh, bill withers man holy shit what's your favorite band from the 70s and 80s my favorite band
1: from the 70s and 80s you could name Ooh. two 70s and one
3: in the 80s oh two different ones yeah sure um okay well hmm, i really got into zeppelin i got into the doors that's a little before i uh i uh, um, Aerosmith and the Black Crows. Wow. I just saw the Black Crows um recently in London here, and they were amazing. God damn it. They sound wonderful. They're singing the whole Shake Your Money Maker album. That's, and that was wow. like, oh my God, what am I in high school right now? It was crazy. I've they, never they been a
1: Black Crows fan. Maybe I need to listen to them more, but I play hockey with their manager of many oh. years and I he always b- talks about them. And I'm like, Oh yeah. Okay. I'd rather listen to the
3: counting crows. What's your, what's your jam, man? Do you, I mean, do you, do you like that? Cause they're like a classic rock.
1: Band, I love seventies, eighties, nineties. I can go on and on, but I like the doors. I like Zeppelin. I like the Eagles. I like, uh, I like r- yacht rock. I love a little Christopher cross when I'm driving. I like uh, a little Def leopard. I like, uh, I get into credence a lot lately. Yeah. I like alternative. I like the cure. I like psychedelic furs. OMD, uh Morrissey Smith's all that stuff I, I listen to a bit of everything but 70s 80s and a little 90s uh yep. last question little Lisa if you could go back in time if I can go in time if you can go back on set to ch- uh time on a set to change one thing what would it be
3: ah um <laughs> there was go the back time on set to change one thing Marty go back in time on set Tam, where and is that set, boy Time Sam, that, <laughs> it could be any set. Okay, I uh, will. The I wish I can go back in time <laughs> to when Michael J. Fox forced me to do an impression of him for him. I I wish that I didn't do the impression for him. That I just went straight into my Doc Brown because that would have been a much better. Uh, less awkward situation
1: is your, is your Michael J. Fox, Marty good.
3: So here's the situation. So I'm doing the spelling bee show. You want to hear this story? Sure. Tell me it. So (laughs) it's, this is why it's good to know a couple different impressions. So I'm doing the spelling bee show and I'm like, I'm just going to, I'm just going to leave. And my buddy is just like, Hey, uh," I mean, after the show, the show was great, but I was like, I just wanted to go home and my buddy was like, Michael J. Fox is in the green room. He wants to meet you. I was like, oh, shit. So I'm like running around. I felt like I just missed him. And I was like, oh, man. And then I turned a corner and then I'm just face to face with Mike, Michael J. Fox. And he just saw, he's just like, hey, man. And he's like, I'm like, hey, he's like, I, I hear you do an impression of me. And I'm just like, oh, shit. And, uh, I was like, yeah, I do it, but it's, it's from my comedy act. And I'm just like, it's not, I'm not, I don't want to do it. It's like, do it like David Spade, you know, he does one. And, and I was just like, I was like, Oh, (laughs) he's like, yeah. Dana Carvey does. (laughs) one. It's like, okay, I'll do it. And, and I go, I go, this is what I do for my act. I go, I go, Whoa, doc, you tell me you built a time machine out of Mallory. And then he looks at me. Out of Mallory, he, <laughs> he, family he looks at understand. me and he goes, he goes, You know, my voice isn't that high. <laughs> and he walks away with his family. And I'm just like, meh, meh, meh. and then i and then like I was like, how do I fix this? How do I fix this? So instantly I turn around and I go, Marty, look out. Hands. I do like my best doc brown. And he turns around, he's like, whoa, Jack. And then his family started laughing. And then and then it was okay. Oh, so I, my God. I wish that I could have gone back and just be like, no, oh, no, I'm not going to do it, Monty. And then we could have had that a similar, I don't know if he would have made me do it. Just never, no matter what, never do the impression for the person, even if they ask you to do it. That's my advice.
1: What other impressions can you do besides Pacino? What's your best Pacino line?
3: <laughs> ah no that, that's tough. That's tough. Oh, oh my best pacino line is i mean i i guess it's you know she got a nice ass and you got your head stuck way up it <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good that's great it's okay i do the screaming pacino that's great um I gotta like I love doing the walking. Yeah, I mean, uh, I got a couple. I do Nicholson. I like doing Nicholson. That's good. Are you that's out of good. your goddamn mind? Like, I, like that's pretty good. There. Yeah, I
1: do a little Nicholson too. I love my favorite line. I've talked about it is in The Shining when Shelley Duvall goes, Jack, oh.
2: Jack, someone's in the hotel. They heard okay. Danny,
1: and he goes, Are you out of your fucking
3: mind? Are you out of your fucking <laughs> mind?
2: It's so brilliant.
3: Uh, yeah, 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 Mr. Grady. What's the one line where he He says, hey. "Yeah, I forgot what he does."
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> what does he say? She says something. She goes, uh. "I forgot what it was. I forgot what it was." But I love Nicholson. Oh man,
3: uh, great little hair dog that bit me. Yeah, there's different. There's different. You know, Nicholson's is like early, early Nicholson. And then as he gets older, it gets deeper and deeper. Yeah, you know, it gets toward the Joker Nicholson.
1: What does he say oh. when he takes the things out of the in the shiny? Takes the the fuses out of the car, and he goes, "Oh, Wendy, you got a real
3: big something coming to you." Or you, what does he say? Oh, I don't. You remember. got a real big surprise. <laughs> I forgot. You ever what. seen? You ever seen the behind the scenes on that? Brilliant.
1: It's a 30-minute so one that uh Francis Ford Coppola's uh daughter made, right? And it's like a 30-minute yeah. and he's brushing. His teeth. I don't know if people are
3: gonna find this very yeah, interesting. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Got it. <laughs> make sure your teeth are fresh. Fresh <laughs> breath for my for the people that I work with. Love that. <laughs> but, and he's, he's 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 meeting that girl and she's like obviously like he's meeting that woman, and she's obviously, they've obviously had something in the past. Yeah. And she's like, you you don't remember me at all? He's like, I meet a lot of people every day. You know not many hands I shake? <laughs> you just look
1: like, like him when okay. you
2: say, it. Like
3: they obviously, had sex at some point. You know? Oh my I God. I have no clue who you are.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you look like him. Your face, be- you become him. It's weird. Yeah. This has been a real blast, man. You're, you're fantastic. I, I'm, I'm so happy for all the great work you've done and the, the, uh, the, um, accolades and people really paying attention to you. Cause they should, um, people should watch hey. the offer. It's, it's gotta be one of your favorite things you've done, right? Oh God. Yeah. That was amazing. Like what a dream come true. You're a genius. This is, this is a gift. I'm glad we got to finally connect. It was very easy to talk to you. You have great stories and uh, let's keep in touch. And I want you, you're going to send me something, yeah. right? You're going to send me a book.
3: I'll send you all my books. I'll, I'll send you links to them. And um yeah, and don't be a stranger at these cons, man. We should hang out. I would so, love that, dude. I would love that. Cool. All right. Uh, yeah, I'll send you I'll send you all of Fogler's fictions, man. By the digging. way, uh, if you ever do a podcast, I got yeah, I, I do a podcast. What's the, your podcast? Fogler, I do a forty Dan Fogler forty experience podcast, and you should come on my podcast. We'll we'll have a blast. You
1: tell me when I'll be there. All right. Um next couple of weeks, man. I was thinking a good cool podcast name for you. But you already have it. Would be the Fogler Files. Ooh,
3: yeah, yeah. <laughs> I do have on. a section of the the podcast where I do tales from beyond the veil, where we talk about all sorts of paranormal conspiracy stuff. And it's the Fogler Files would be a good name just to like just do that stuff. A
1: section. It's now time for the Fogler Files. Do, 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 the do. Fogler Files. Yeah all right dude you're awesome thanks for allowing me to be inside of you and i will talk to you very soon (laughs) (laughs) do you feel me did you feel me inside of you (laughs) i felt you deeply my friend deeply organically (laughs)
3: later buddy thanks man thanks for having me i like this guy
1: he was just really fun um Again, we didn't know each other. It's always like you never know what you're, you know, okay, are they going to get my vibe? And, and he just got, he just enjoyed things. We bounced off each other. And I'm glad to see him like doing drama and getting noticed for this because, uh, you know, I think sometimes you see, you know, I think when I was doing comedies, I was just doing, you know, like I did this comedy and this pilot and this sitcom and this and this fun. And I was kind of known as, you know, maybe a funny guy and he'll just do comedies. And I thought that's what I would do. And then somebody, you know, they gave me the chance in um agree, Smallville yeah. to play Lex Luthor, And the next thing you know, I'm playing this it's just crazy. You, you I think, you know, he I think he said it or actually might have been um J.K. Simmons when I interviewed him. He said that a lot of time comedians,
2: mm.
1: or maybe Jim Gaffigan it said Gaffigan, it. Yeah. Gaffigan said comedians, it's easier for them to do drama. Mm-hmm. And it makes sense. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of times there's like all this insecurity with actors and all this dysfunction mm-hmm. and improving themselves and you know they're a little dramatic and dark and 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 uh maybe that's why i don't know but anyway thank you dan fogler and uh if you're just listening to the end of this there's a whole bunch of fun stuff like joining patreon and supporting the podcast and uh, my new album uh, sunspin uh, never is what it is is out there go to sunspin.com and uh we are also streaming everywhere. And be sure to go to Creation Con in Dallas to see me and Tom Willing. Do a small nights and all that right now. Top tier patrons, these are the folks that uh, you know, they do it, they keep me together. Here we go, Ryan. <laughs> Nancy D,
2: Leah S, Sarah V, Little Lisa 2, You Kiko, Jill e, and Brian H and Nico P. Robert B., Jason W., Sylvia M., Christian
1: K., and Raj C.,
2: Joshua D., Jennifer N., Stacy, Eljamal, D. Kimberly, Mike E., held on to Tremo.
1: 99 more: Santiago M, Chadley and P, Janina R,
2: Maya P, Maddie S, Belinda M, Chris H, Dave H, Sheila G, Brad D, Ray H, Tabitha T, Tom and Liliana A, Taya M and Betsy D. C, Corey K, Nexon, Michelle A, Jimmy C, Brandy D, Camille S, Joey M, Eugene and Leah, Corey Heather L, J, B. what the hell, Megan T, you're so swell, Mel S, you're the best, Orlando C, it's just you and me, Caroline R, what are you doing? Steen S, Eric H, Shane N, you are my friend, Emma R, Andrew M, Satoichi 77, my friend, Oracle, Godina N, and Amanda R, Jim B, Kevin E, Stephanie, Kaylee, Knight. Mike F, Stone H, and Brian L, Cameron E, and Katie B.
1: Thank you so much, patrons. That were the top tier patrons in a song. Should we just start doing that every time it's just a new song? Oh my god, that was so good. That deserved to be like <laughs> Grammy nominated. <ass-capped. What? laughs> ass capped. What? Ass <laughs> capped. <laughs> I don't know what it means, but ass cap, you know yeah it, like the the recording something yeah,
2: or... needed to be ass
1: capped <laughs> yeah yeah uh michael russman from the hollywood hills in california southern california i'm ryan taze i'm also here he's very calm today he's rested <laughs> i am not rested i'm not either <laughs> vegas still is hitting my, ass, hitting my <sighs> ass a little wave to the camera uh we love you guys thank you for uh choosing this pot posca- podcast pasta Pos- yeah. cast thanks for making this podcast your podcast today um i hope you enjoyed it and keep tuning in even if you don't know the, you know people sometimes were like i don't even know this guest but i tune in to hear what they have to say and i learned something and that's cool you know what i mean yeah that's cool so thank you thanks and uh always be good to yourself that's most important be good to yourself we'll see you next week